Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way because that is the name of the show. Hi, I'm Sam DeLove, and this is our Children of Erte After Show, where I expound upon the deep, delightful things our party is doing while they take an IRL long rest from their particularly ambitious splitting of the party across multiple episodes. With me, split off from the rest of the party, isolated and at my mercy, is Hope Lavelle, a.k.a. Ms. Robin Beckett. Thank you for joining me today, and since you surely had a temp job as a host, I'll throw it to you to introduce yourself. Oh, boy. Uh, hi, my name is Hope Lavelle. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hope Lavelle. I am a motion capture performer by day, and by night, I am a D&D enthusiast. So uh, that's me. I'm so looking forward to asking all of the questions. But before I can get this split party started, the vampires glaring at me from behind camera do compel me to mention our sponsors. I'm getting to it. I'm, get, I'm getting to it. <clears throat> Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms, you can type code into chat for a free Electrum chest in-game and Die Hard Dice. Do you like clicky, clacky mouth rocks? So do I. Use code Erte at checkout for a 10% discount and we will be doing a giveaway in chat during the stream. Now, with these technically not vampires satisfied, Thank you, Silas. On with our show. And a reminder, you too can ask Hope questions like, how can I get guidance from a spectral hummingbird version of my husband? By asking your questions with QUESTION in all caps in chat, but I get to go first. <laughs> uh, so I will start with something that I understand uh, can lead you to feel somewhat emotional and uh, Though I am not a DM myself, why would one not go directly for the feels and ask, what inspired you to build the delightful Robin Beckett the way that you did? Okay, I will try to keep this concise, but uh, this, this will be a lot of ramblings from me because a lot went into building Robin as, as, a, as a person, as a character. Um, it started with, believe it or not, I had a completely different character made, fully made, fully fleshed out with concept art handed to the artist, ready to go. <laughs> but there was something about the character that just wasn't sitting right with me. You know, um, uh, I, believe it or not, I felt like I was competing with myself when it comes to my character, Penelope Halfpint. She's a beloved character and, and people love her. And I, I, when the new show came on, they're like, you have to make new characters. And I'm like, how am I gonna compete with Penelope Halfpint? I, I've got to find something really special in this new character, something you know that, that's just as inspiring as Penelope was, what she stood for. So I was working on this character for months and I was trying to figure out and you know she's this like 18 year old spunky girl with vitiligo and I, I loved her and um, she was really cool but and I had chosen a different class than what the class I am now but something wasn't working and I I was fighting it I was like you know what it's fine I made this character this is gonna be it and I'm sure it'll be fine but I was like tossing and turning it at night being like, something's not right, something's not right, something is missing. And 
then it dawned on me, who inspires me? What is, wh- who are inspirations to us all, hopefully? And I thought elderly people, you know, like there's, there's a very specific person who inspired Robin Beckett more than anyone. And I'm going to tell you a little story about that person. So it was August 23rd, 2019, when someone on Twitter by the name of Antoine H uh, made a post about his grandmother. Now, a lot of you in chat probably know this story. Uh, it, was, it became famous. It blew up. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of likes and retweets um, from, you know, someone who is not, who doesn't have that many followers and stuff, but this story just blew up. And Antoine told this story, um, and, and I will link to this. Follow me on Twitter because I will link this story. Oh, I'm sorry. My phone is not on silent. That's so bad of me. Um, uh, I will link the story after this show um, so that you guys can go and support it or even read it because I don't have time to read the whole thing. It's a, a huge thread, um, but I'm just going to paraphrase a few moments of it. Um, and I hate, I hate to say this, but I can't get through this story without crying. So you guys might see me cry. But I have to tell this because this inspired me so much. Uh, I Yeah, let me just get to it. Um, so here's how he started his Twitter post. He said, my grandmother passed away. Her funerals were today. But here I'd like to talk about the most important thing I couldn't spend too much time on in her eulogy. It was her love for Dungeons and Dragons. And then I'll kind of paraphrase this a little bit. Um, She started very late in her adventure. She was 75 years old. One day, Antoine simply asked her if she'd like to try Dungeons and Dragons. And like always when presented with something new, she said, of course. And thus, her adventure with D&D began. She had this lovely character named Terminator, uh, which was a forest gnome druid, and she brought joy and laughter to the whole group, and she took care of the characters in-game as a grandmother would in real life. You know, you just can't take the grandmother out of the <laughs> no matter what type of crazy, you know, magical character you're playing. But uh, she got cancer. And the cancer came to take over her whole body. And some days she was too weak or too sick to play, but she would when she could. And when she was on her, she was in the hospital and she was on her deathbed. And the last thing she told Antoine was, never change, never lose your family spirit and keep on playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I believe if it hasn't come up yet, we have a picture of her. Uh, I asked Antoine if I could share this photo because I want everyone who's watching and uh, to see her face, to see her at when she was playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I just want you guys to know her. And uh, her name was Francoise. Uh, if I'm saying that right, it is French, um, Francoise, uh, and I feel very connected to her. Um, and um, yeah, so that is where the story of Robin began. Um, and when I thought about that character, I uh, I knew immediately that there was a personality there that I could hold on to and represent and not only am i representing this one beautiful woman but i found that i could represent an entire type of person all the the elderly people who can play dnd or or not even play dnd but who you know fighting ageism you know saying that you're never too old to start an adventure you know you are capable you are wise you are intelligent, you know, all these 
you know, it, it gets to be, you know, when people are in nursing homes and stuff and no one ever visits them, you know, how many stories are going untold from those lives. Um, so basically, um, I, I, yeah, so basically, so basically what had happened was when I thought of that, I, I, it was just one night I thought of it and I was like, this is the character. I've got to scrap everything and start again. And we were like deadlines, deadlines on having the characters made. And um, everything fell together. Everything about her fell together in like 24 hours. It was it was effortless. There was no fighting ideas or anything. It was she just came to me. I was like, this is Robin Beckett. You know, she's she's just She's everything I could have wanted. She's she hopefully will be an inspiration in a different way, but still as much of an inspiration as Penelope Halfpint was. Um, so um, let me just see here. I, I I oh I don't have it. I have completely lost something here. Um, I have as well. Unfortunately, it's my composure. Oh, <laughs> um, here it is. Okay. Just to make sure that I, I've gotten everything out there, um, uh, she, yeah. So, so basically, I'll, I'll I'll let other questions. I know there's other questions that will kind of gear towards that a little bit more, um, but that's that's kind of how she came to be, um, and then we can talk more about other aspects of her later. But that was that was the essence of her. I will be completely honest. I did not expect those feelings to boomerang on me as hard as they did, but. <laughs> so then I will just roll right into uh, another question. Have you, have you played an elderly archetype before? I mean, like the, the old lady voice is so pristine. <laughs> I, I assume that that's like the front of your catalog. Oh no, I worked on that voice. Like, in, like from the moment I like called Adam and I was like, stop the presses. <laughs> that's not the character. This is the character. Stop the artist. But when I handed over the new, I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I've got to figure out how to do an old lady voice. I gotta get started now. Um, and believe it or not, it, I, I did a lot of research. I practiced a lot and um, I even worked with my, I have a singing teacher and she actually worked with me on like finding the right intonations and stuff. Um, Cause it was, at first it was like, okay, if you're not careful, you'll sound like a witch, you know? So you gotta like find that like, and a lot of people, I get these comments a lot in like the chats and stuff. They're like, I get it like a, hint of like Aubrey Hepburn or whatever. And so I'm like, yes, I'm kind, kind of going for that. What's it called? Like trans transcendental transatlantic transatlantic. Uh, yeah. Like a kind of like little hint of it just because it's fun. And it's a little more, a little more different than like just a typical grandma sound. I think it's a little more funny. Um, and it just leads to her character a little bit more. Um, but yeah, sorry. The question wasn't about that. It was about something else. Wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, it was it was about your your experience with this. Oh. I mean, we're going we're going to sidetrack into pro tips yes. for an old lady voice because I've I... never been able to master and like you yeah. just slid right into it, didn't you? My <laughs> and and it, you know how uh, there's always a phrase that you you can say to get you into the accent or to get you into the voice. I know you were talking about this with Jen. Um, uh, it's literally when I need to find that voice, I'm just, I say this line, I say, my name is Robin Beckett, you know, and it's just kind of like this gumption to her voice that always comes from just saying her name. You um, just buy a condo in that R yeah. for Robin there. That's for amazing. Robin Beckett. Oh. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I had never played an, an older character before, and I've never actually played with older characters before. You know, there's, there's more kind of, like there's some you know wizards and stuff that are older um and usually they're they're male or yeah and stuff so um there's one character that also was sort of an inspiration it was rosie i don't know if uh if if it's uh, i forget who does it she's an idol champions too but she's an elderly woman monk uh and she's absolutely a wonderful character and i feel so bad that i can't remember somebody in chat's gonna know uh who yeah rosie beestinger 
and I, I can't remember Kate Welch. Kate Welch is that who it is? Um, anyways, yeah, wonderful character. I was so like, I was like so glad that someone else had done it, and um, yeah, so so good credit to to her as as a bit of inspiration that it can be done. <laughs> and I never thought about it, but no, a purse makes sense as a monk weapon, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, it's really true. We see a lot of adventuring age yeah uh, or if one skews in a, a toward one end of the bell curve it's often yeah. toward the younger yeah i, I mean i've often played younger and it, admittedly i have not been elderly myself so one can play from experience but yeah um. yeah and and it's 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 you know you're you're young you're starting out young your your character starts out young because that's usually when adventures start when you get your call to adventure um but there's just this idea of like getting your call to adventure when you're 80 years old and taking up that adventure you know like robin has done a lot of things in her life and i'm sure we're going to get to that um, <laughs> and, and the reasons that i had her do that uh, we'll get into later too but robin right before the adventure started right before the show started there was kind of like the where is your character right now what's happening to them before they come to the train station you know in the days before and i had this very sad image of what robin was doing she's working for a temp agency she's moved out of the home that she had with her um with with um not husband um her the love of her life they never got married um harold um but and she moved into this tiny apartment in the city and when she would come home from work she would sit and kind of stare at a wall and wonder if this was it you know as she had had so many adventures in her life and she's trying to be grateful for it but there's this little bit in her that just said i'm not ready to stop you know and that's why harold always called her uh his little hummingbird because hummingbirds never stop um so it was it was that time when she realized to take this last train ride um so uh yeah. Hope I am a level one interviewer. I don't have that many emotional hit points. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but, you know, Robin's such a great character. She, she's fun. She's happy. She's, she's you know, happy-go-lucky. She's funny. She's, that's, you know, but those are like the the deeper sides of her that yeah. you'll never see. And, and everybody here that has tuned in gets a little bit of a, you know, a little... Uh, what's the word? Peek behind the curtain. So See, this is what we aim for here on On the Airtay. You have to tune in yeah. to get all of the secrets and the emotional damage. <laughs> um, but yes, we're absolutely going to get into it because, like, at, as you say, she's eighty and working at a temp agency. I don't. I guess uh, Social Security ain't cutting it in this big city. <laughs> Uh, can't make rent on that. Um, but Maverick 2 asked, uh, which of Robin's jobs has surprised you, Hope, the most thus far? Because I got the impression, I heard you say at least once that there was a list, but some of these seem to be extemporaneous. <laughs> so can we talk about what's going on here? I think one of the questions I saw on Twitter was, is the list finite? Or, or does it grow or do I just throw a jo out jobs that kind of make sense in the moment? I promise you, I have made a list before the show started yeah. and nothing else goes on it. I, I very much have thought of her entire life and things that she's done. I put it into a, I kid you not, it's 10 pages long, but that list is all I will ever pull from. It's like it's like important to me that I'm not just like always making up things. Um, I, I like that feeling of like, yeah, okay, she's done this, but oh, that mentioned that she's never done that kind of thing. So um, I don't want it to always be like, oh, I, I coincidentally have done this. But you know, if I get to a moment where like, oh, I have a job for this, <laughs> you know, that's when it, I, I feel like rewarded. You know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like being the Kenku who has exactly the right phrase yes. from the catalog to like yes. put into it. It's so, so like 
really three months as an insurance risk surveyor. <laughs> yes. Yes. And really and like all- a piano tuner? Uh, yeah, really a piano tuner. She never, I don't know if she's ever learned how to play. She probably knows how to play, but when it came to, to piano tuning, like that that just seemed like a lot more interesting of a job and, you know, instead of like a piano teacher. I'm like, well, she's a piano tuner. That'd be Not really that she hasn't uh, taught as a substitute physics teacher. <laughs> right? You know, she, she's never been a teacher uh, at like a school, but she got in as a substitute teacher and has done many substitute things. <laughs> she's you know, and a little hint, like, you know, she's worked as a school janitor and like, you know, like all these little mix and match jobs that just kind of add to her experience that you never know is when, when it's going to come in handy. So to get back to the question, which surprised you the most since it's from oh, a list in like right. the construction of it, perhaps, since you're not doing these perfectly spontaneously. Right. Okay. Is the question which one has surprised me that I've gotten to use or like on my list, which one surprises me the most? You know, I refuse to choose. I'm going to ask you both questions one okay. after another. But as you were making your list, let's start with that. Okay. As I was making my list, uh, I'll give you guys a hint because I don't know if this is ever going to come into play, but I'm prepared if it does. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I've got to go through my whole list here. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite jobs... Uh, is that she was a crop duster. So she used to <laughs> she used to fly an air tractor, which is a Rockwell thrust commander, which type of plane. And the reason she knows how to do this is because she spent time on a friend's farm when they fell sick and they used, they were a crop duster. And so she learned, you know, she had learned how to, to fly, you know, biplanes and stuff. But uh, that's how she knows how to fly a plane uh, is because she she worked as a crop duster for her friend when they were sick on their farm. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> All of these jobs have that level of, like, you mentioned that you sort of, like, built out her life of this. Um, Mm -hmm. Do they all have that sort of granular level of detail? Most of them. Most of them. A a lot of times I'm just like, you know, um, yeah, most of them I have. So I have, like, a table. On one side of the table, one column is, like, what the job is. And then, like, uh, then the other one is the description of, like, when I said she was an ar- uh, archaeologist, I didn't really get to say she was actually only an archaeologist assistant, and she helped unearth dinosaur bones in Wyoming. And Big Al is the name given to a juvenile uh, uh, Allosaurus fragilis, like skeleton, found on like found in like 1991. And Big Al was like this huge carnivorous dinosaur, and like she got to play a part in like unearthing Big Al. And so it's like, yeah, I have like all these really weird details about her job that are fleshed out just in case I need them. You know, they're there and they're fleshed out. So she also really moved her ex. Like temp agency will often send you two jobs in the same city. Yeah, yeah. But we know that like, for instance, she knows the area uh, she's been around Georgia at some point, apparently mm-hmm. Wyoming also. So yes. a big traveler even before she got on the train. Absolutely. she's uh, She loves the, what I say, like the Midwest, because one of her favorite hobbies is that she's a storm chaser. So she gets the, this thrill of the fight or thrill of the, of, the, of the hunt of looking for tornadoes in the right season and stuff. So she's, yeah, she's... A, what is the word? Is it a vagabond or like a, a person who can just live out of their van, you know, from time to time and travel? Um, she loves it. Once again, anything that keeps her moving, she does. Why do you think so? It seems like there's a lot of love of novelty in her. Why do you think she's so keep it moving as a person? Because it's clearly a lifelong trait. I think some people are just built that way, you know. Um, I I think she was she was raised by her aunt, um, who was very much like um like she was very an art a very artsy aunt. You know, she painted and you know walked around barefooted in in the grass and like you know like you didn't you know that that sort of kind of hippie aunt that was really into art and <laughs> really just taught her to you know never take life so seriously and to never let an opportunity pass you up so that kind of just she kind of just took that to heart and away she went oh all right so 
before I get back, because I will get back to what your favorite pull from the list was. Oh. But we have an uh, Oboe Lauren in chat. Oboe Lauren? Uh, Oboe Lauren asks, oh. <laughs> what I did order not know where is the list in alphabetical, by year, by type? How do you organize this? It's actually alphabetical. Yeah, it's definitely alphabetical Maybe. because I've memorized most of the jobs. So it's, it's, it's most of the time when I'm like, oh, I have a job for this. Let me go to my list and make sure I read up on the blurb about it so that if, you know, when I go to say, hey, I was this once, um, I, I already know. So like being in alphabetical order, it's like I'm, I can find things quickly because, again, it's a 10 page <laughs> list. I'm assuming blurb is like taking up a fair amount, like yes. The These yes. are not just. Some of them. This is not like line by line. <laughs> that would be an extremely intense yeah. career. <laughs> Some of them are super simple. Like um, one of the first ones I got to use was actor, um, and it's not like she was she was like a Hollywood actor or whatever. Like no, she it literally it literally says played a dead body on a soap opera. And that's what she constitutes as being an actor. She's like, I have, I've, I've, I've had the experience of being an actor. I played a dead body on a soap opera. <laughs> you know, it's just like these random little things, you know, that just add to her experience. I mean, look, we're we're both performers. Would you not agree that if you've played a dead body on a soap opera, you pretty much you've done it all? Yeah, that's you've made it. You've made it. If that happens, you've made it. <laughs> I would no, love that. Really, which pull? Uh, has when have you been like, oh my gosh, I got to call upon this? I have to say it was probably the physics teacher because in real life, I have a huge love of physics uh, and science and stuff. So I, the fact that I got to pull that for, and, and like I, in high school, we actually had this, I, I was talking about it in the show. I was like, oh, I just have to use the date equation, which is AT squared, you know? And like, mm -hmm. I got to like pull things from my high school uh, AP physics class to, that I could like, you know, you use the rock and you throw the rock and you can determine from when the rock hits the floor. And it was just all this stuff that I really love that I got to play out. Um, so that one, that one really made me happy to get to pull that. Oh my goodness. My science nerd heart is so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have a um, <clears throat> Dre Am Wispagen <laughs> um, who asks, uh, what job did Robin do for the longest period of time and how long did she work there? Ooh. That is a very good question. Hmm. Let me go to my Jen's list. Good for that, honestly. Oh my goodness! I just can't imagine that she'd do anything for too long. No. Um. I will say, while it's not quite a job, the longest running thing that she has done is that she is a volunteer at. Uh, the space and history museums like she she likes to be there to do either tours or to be there to help people whether or not she's like you know giving some spit about uh, you know dinosaur bones or anything that's in the you know she she loved volunteering at the museums because it gave her something to do and get, she got to see so many people and 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 contribute to um you know learning um and so she d she did that for a really long time and she actually probably did it all the way up until this adventure you know when she could she would go down and volunteer so what you're saying is there are probably two character connections between Robin and Neb, the one we know about, and surely passing through the Space Museum. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, just little backgrounds, apparently. Yeah. Um, so we know now that the physics passion comes from hope, um, but at least one other of the jobs pretty prominently does. I saw you post up a photo of yourself um, doing uh, some, looked like a cave climbing or cave rappelling. Jimmy, yeah. can we talk about, that has been, I now that we have been in the mines for yeah. several episodes now, a hugely important uh, background skill for yeah. Robin 
that clearly you share. Can we just talk about climbing in caves and stuff? Can we talk about how lucky it is that I actually have a lot of experience in that? Like I know, I know caves really well. I know the equipment you need to use. Um, I know what it's like to be in caves. Um, yeah, I I was a spelunker for many years uh, in, throughout high school and, and even middle school, middle school, high school, and then here a bit after before I moved away from Alabama, which is where I'm from. Um, tons of caves there in Georgia and Tennessee, so many wonderful caves. Um, and I got, got to help with things like mapping the underground of, you know, seeing it. We ended up, you know, finding uh, where two caves and tunnels connected, even though they had openings miles and miles apart, you could actually find where they connected. And and there was actually one moment, one day where we stumbled up, up, uh, upon a cavern that had never been walked on, like pristine, never been found. And we got to map it. And because it was just me and, and my mentor, uh, he named it the Cavern of Hope. And so that is on the map. And it's just one of my one of my favorite stories about caving. But yeah. Um, hope I warned you about making me feel things here. Oh. <laughs> what is it talking? We're talking before the show. It's a rainbow of emotions. <laughs> yeah, so, we were bonding over a rainbow pre-show chat. Yes. We, I am... So thankful for on the air to not only do we get to find out all of Robin Beckett's secrets, um, but I get to bond with Hope Lavelle. <laughs> yes. So um, anyway, so, you know, learning how to repel and use the right equipment. And I, I'm glad that I could use that to justify the fact that I taught everybody or Robin taught everybody because there was a little bit of realism behind like what I was saying and and that I actually knew what I, like Robin knew what she was talking about because I knew what I was talking about kind of gave more credibility to the fact that I did teach them and therefore they could they could make it around the cave without me or without Robin you know both yeah, yeah. Because every so often you'll hear a couple, a couple Robin tips about uh, how tunnels work and how to find your way and navigate within them. And mm -hmm. they are not something that we who are not among the caves. Yes, I am not a cave tran myself. I've only <laughs> done limited spelunking. How did you get into it? Uh, my, my mentor, a really good friend of mine, I, my best friend's dad, uh, would always take us, uh, caving. He became my, my caving mentor and stuff. And he took me on all these, uh, caving trips whenever we could. Um, and that's kind of, I just learned through doing, um, uh, yeah. And, and I'm so grateful for it. It was such an amazing experience. Cool. So you happened to add it onto the Robin list. Did you have any idea at the time that this would ever be relevant? Were you like, eh, you know? No, I never, I, of course, I didn't know anything when I was making the list. I was like, you know, the, the only thing I think, and actually I didn't even think about it, but, um, uh, what, what did I put that she, she was like a, uh, I can't find it on my list, but it, she worked she was like a railroad safety inspector, meaning that she would work with the department to um, make sure that the railroad tracks were in line and that uh, all of the, um, like all of it was up to date and nothing was rusting. Uh, so that was a job that she had that I kind of maybe thought like, oh, that might come in handy because we're on a train. We're on a train. Uh, but everything else was kind of just like, Huh, that's kind of fun and interesting. It would be really funny if that came up, you know, <laughs> that's kind of my hope. you know, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like, I almost picked jobs that would be like, there's no way this will come up. But if it does, it's going to be great. <laughs> I remember when we had Jen in here, uh, she mentioned that she built her character in part to be able to engage with the very puzzly style that Deborah has. It's like, why fight the instinct? And it sounds like you got to throw in some jobs that allowed you to, to put a little more hope into it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, a hope has not had a lot of experiences in her life, so I can only do so much, but definitely, um, I think, I did definitely think that like playing an elderly person who 
has had so many experiences would be better at puzzles because you could bring so many different experiences to it. And we actually, I actually talked about that with Deb actually said it when, when she learned that I'd be playing Robin. Um, she's like, and there will probably be times when you get an extra hint because just because of your experience, like if, if there, if your guys are in a dire need, there might be like a moment that Robin will remember something or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, if we're like in dire situations, like that, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And y'all should check out the first episode of On the Air too, where Deborah talks about constructing puzzles and giving this kind of stuff to the players because it's a great GM side view into what that style is. But uh, since Fallen Angel asked, uh, what is it like to be at Deborah's table as a player? Oh, oh. Ah, oh my God, it's so cool. <laughs> it's amazing. She, it it never ceases to amaze me. Her 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 capability to describe in great detail with such you know flowery words that just just add to the description that you can really picture feelings and smells and you know and things that'll gross you out which she loves um and and just describing and i can get a perfect picture in my head of what's going on um and and she's so fair and she's so what i love most is that she always knows how to when when a player says uh, can I do this? Or uh, I want to do this. She'll just be, she knows exactly what role to call, you know, Oh, that's, that's an investigation check or, Oh, that's a strength check or whatever it might be. She just knows right away what the best option is to, to make that role happen. But I think my favorite thing, and I'm sure this has been said in many articles and I know I've read articles where they, they say this is the biggest thing, but her home rule or her home game rule, like a homebrew rule of letting the DM roll for you so that you can't metagame is by far the coolest rule I've ever <laughs> heard of. And it makes the game so much better. I, I absolutely like I can't not do that now if I ever DM like I'm, I'm sorry Deb, I'm gonna steal that um, and I'm sure many people are after realizing just well, how cool is that like I number one I hate metagaming and sometimes it's really hard not yeah. to metagame yeah. um, but this this absolutely takes that all out of the game and, and it really adds to the mystery of the game like you get to know as much as your character knows and that's that's what we all want <laughs> you know yeah. it's me yeah, you're not holding the two versions of reality in your head and trying to always uh, yeah. play to the correct one. And when you don't have to be aware of the meta, you can play to the top of your intelligence, which is substantial. <laughs> yes, and, and yeah, I just, I love it. I love not knowing and getting to discover as your character discovers. And I, I think that's, it's an excellent solution to that problem. Yeah, but I understand that y'all have played together as players a lot. What has it been like shifting to like a group that has a, a, a rhythm, a bit of a feel to it and under a different GM? I, hmm, I had kind of worried a little bit at the beginning that, you know, our our click. I would I would say, and probably not the best word of, of like us who had played for four years together, um, have this flow and this rhythm. That I almost worried a little bit of like just a hint of worry that like how is that how is it going to translate? How are we going to shift our flow to this new group? But it was seamless, and I should have known. And I, I kind of <laughs> didn't know. It was seamless because you know they're they're such professionals, and and they're lovely people, and they're selfless, and they just know what to do to make a group work, and and to be part of of something that's bigger than themselves. Um, so uh, I love playing with these guys, and it's great because Alicia and I had never played 
professionally together, but we're in a home game together. So I had already played with her quite a bit and I love it um, to actually get to play on like an actual play game with her is amazing. And so um, I feel really lucky to have gotten to play with everyone. And now we're now we're all one big happy family. <laughs> I'm so glad that, to see you taking advantage of the fact that you can say nice things about them and they can't respond. They are not currently on the air, Tay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I have the power. <laughs> Unlimited power, at least, you know, mm -hmm. for another 20 minutes of on the air, Tay. I'll take it. <laughs> um, I, there's also this lovely question from Cole 12 Monks that other than life itself, which I have come to understand is the greatest adventure, what is one of Robin's favorite adventures she had with Harold? And uh, what's your inspiration for building him to the extent that we can now? Um, Harold is just the other half of Robin. Everything that she needs to keep her feet on the ground, you know? Um, the one who supports her in everything that she does, the one who never has tried to change her. Um, the inspiration came, and I got a lot of inspiration through pictures. Uh, you know, I did a lot of searching on Google for like, you know, kind elderly men kind of pictures. And then th that helped me grow who he was as a person. Um, he's, he's a, you know, he's a helpless rom uh, romantic. And um, yeah, he's, 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 he's everything you would probably want in a companion. Um, you know, he's, kind and gentle um but i think the number one thing and let me check my notes here i want to say it was when they went to see the northern lights uh in i want to say where did they go i can't remember where they went but i want to say it was iceland they took a trip to iceland when they were probably in their 50s or 60s um to see the northern lights and it was just one of the most magical moments that they had together. And it was something that Robin had always wanted to do, but she hadn't gotten to do it yet. And Harold treated her to this trip. Um, and so that was that was probably it. And I think that comes from my desire to see the Northern Lights and how magical that would be. Um, so they've gotten to do it and I get to live vicariously through them. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Um, though, please be careful about chasing storms if we're going to live vicariously through Robin. <laughs> Though <laughs> <laughs> so I have no doubt that you could yourself bring the thunder. <laughs> um, there's a delightful uh, question as well from someone who is hopefully enjoying a very relaxing uh, break right now. Producer Josh wants to know if you had to play any other character from the campaign, whom would you choose? Oh. So one of the party members, the you know, I I will be beneficent if you wanted to play an NPC, if you wanted to play Augie oh. or someone, I'll, I'll allow it. But yeah, no, I yeah, we want to know party members, party definitely, love. definitely Silas. Really? I think that would be so much fun. Silas has this this coolness to him, and, and I don't mean like he's cool. I mean like he's level headed. And I think that, that there's just something so funny. Just it, it, like Silas makes me laugh so many times because of the way he delivers his jokes. Um, there's so many times he has a joke that kind of goes unnoticed by, by most people. I'm just like, oh my God, that was so funny. <laughs> I just can't help. But um, playing Silas would be really fun because he's the only one who has gone into this world 100%. He's ready to believe everything, and he has this knowledge. Like he likes to play on this like video game knowledge, of of you know how how to get us through things. And I love that it is it's not meta. You know, he's actually playing a guy from real world who would have these experiences, yeah. who would have this knowledge. And I love that that's a thing because uh, I think it really helps us out. But just his coolness. He's a fantastic character, and I think it would be really fun to play him. <laughs> the real power was the genre savvy we accrued along the way. <laughs> um, 
that said, like he's also clearly the one, and there's there's textual evidence now that he is aware of and has probably played either dungeons or dragons. Um, but Cassius three thirty five wants to know if Robin has ever played D and D. I think Robin's more of a Pathfinder gal. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, I think Robin's definitely a huge board game fan. I think she's played things like Ticket to Ride and <laughs> Seven Wonders and, you know, things like that. Like, you know, really fun, like uh, Catan, you know, like those types of games for sure. <laughs> yeah, board games at the Senior Center, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. I love that, especially with such classical choices. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Oh my goodness, a railway maintenance engineer playing Ticket to Ride. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> um, so I guess then, as Petter of Cats asks, would Robin return to the, and the scare quotes are from Petter of Cats, real world, if the opportunity presented itself, or would she stay in whatever this is? Interesting. Um... Yeah, I think she would stay. It it, de it kind of depends on like this world. It's very lonely in the fact that so far we have not come across another being. Um, I think that's going to change. And, and when that does, I think that Robin's going to just fall in love with the magic of the world and realize that she doesn't have a lot to go back to. And all she wanted was this one last adventure before, you know, she, all she wanted when she sat there in her little apartment was like, this can't be it. I just want one more adventure. And now she's gotten that. Why, why leave that, you know, ride it out as long as you can. So there's nothing tying her to that world anymore. So hundred percent, she would stay. How has she been feeling about the, new skills that hadn't previously been on her resume. <clears throat> I think, I think the fact that she just feels lighter and stronger is, is all that she cares about. <laughs> she feels like she's in her sixties again. Oh, goodness. Exactly. Um, I think there's like a part of her that isn't really surprised. Like she goes with it, but she, she has, you know, she has this photo album, wink, wink, hint, hint, <laughs> that she uses to remember things from her life, to reflect upon and remember, you know, remember things about, you know, just certain pictures that show parts of her life. And she, draws such power from those memories. And so knowing that in this world, things are a little different. And if that means her memories stretch a little further in the, the realm of what's going on, that she's here for it. <laughs> she's cool, she's cool with it. It's pretty cool. Does she have a favorite thing that she's done? Oh yeah. That one time when Robin we got a, I got a nat 20 on uh, not getting struck by the exploding door on the, uh, while we were fighting that shadow creature on the train. And because of my nat 20, Deborah allowed me to jump in front of Neb and take all the d damage for her because Neb was like on her last leg. Uh, but that was just like, in my mind, it was like a total matrix moment. Do, 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 you know, like <laughs> getting to do that. <laughs> you know, it's like a slow-mo moment that I thought was really epic of her. Um, and I think I, I really enjoyed that moment. I'm eagerly awaiting the granny matrix cut, surely yeah. awaiting us on YouTube when this is all over. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I guess, I guess she, well, so she had put herself forth in some sense as a psychic at some point. Like, how much does this feel like a deviation for some some of our characters who are more empirically grounded? 
Yeah. Shall we say it's a real break, a real departure? This seems yeah. almost like a more natural outgrowth for Robin think, a little bit. I think Robin just she just goes with the flow. She's not one to put on her emergency break on anything. She kind of just not to say she accepts things without thinking. It's more that she she is excited for new things or she's ex- excited for something that hasn't happened before. You know, when you've lived so long and you've done so many things, anything that's new, it's not that you don't want to question it. It's that you'll question it, but you're still going to go forward with it either way. Um, you know, I think that's kind of her outlook on that. I don't know what's happening, but let's go find out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a great trait in a character because it helps yeah. forward momentum. My my character, Penelope, was very much a night. She was completely opposite of Robin. Robin is wise and intelligent, but Penelope was naive. Never to say she was like stupid or anything. She wasn't, hmm. but she was naive. Um so she had a lot of innocence about her and she would always run headfirst into adventure, but for completely different reasons. More <laughs> like she's like, everything will be okay. Oh, I want to see what this is all about, you know? So it's, 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 it's very interesting that I do like to play characters that like to just delve into the adventure without a second thought. But this is, you know, in a completely different way than you know, I used yeah. to play. So I, I really like that. It's good to have someone who pushes the pace, who accelerates forward. And, you know, with this group, I'm really worried that no one's going to do the bad idea and I don't know, get on top of a train. (laughs) (laughs) We support you, Silas. (laughs) Never change. (laughs) We support you, ideally, with the climbing rope. Yes. (laughs) What's your favorite bad idea this party has done? I, I know, I know it, there are so many to choose from. <laughs> Take your time. I wouldn't call it a bad idea. Actually, I might call this a great idea. But one of my favorite moments of the game so far is when Silas jumped off of the bridge with his rope to pull Feruza up. Oh, my gosh. It was like a stroke of dumb genius. It was so great. Yeah. It was so good. I I was just like, that is epic. I wish I had thought of that, but it was so good. Um, I love it. Adam's such a big brain player. Yeah, he is. And and yet he plays it so coyly. I don't know if that's the word. Uh, he just plays it so subtly, I think is the word. He's, he's very subtle about just how good of a player he is. <laughs> doesn't need you to acknowledge that he's galaxy brain it's just that there is an entire star cluster rattling around in there and it's very (laughs) impressive um but for all that robin kind of like rushes toward danger it's not to say that she's entirely unprepared like a lot of characters she has a really incredible EDC. I understand that like Deborah gave you a lot of item, like had you focus on your items, but like the Robin purse is a thing of, of legend. It's it's practically <laughs> bag of holding, falling angel points out uh, that it is effectively this with all the miscellaneous items that have come in very handily. Uh, I suspect you have a detailed list of what's in it, uh, but what led to the assembly of that list? What went into, what goes into, not just, you know, the suitcase has tons of things. What what went into the bag? Um, well, you're right. I have a very structured list because I love to play that way. Just because when something comes up, there's that, you know, gratifying, just an amazing feeling of like, oh. Oh my God, I get to use this. You know, I'm not just making it up. Um, let me look here. I have her character sheet up. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I guess I just thought of what would a grandmother have in her bag or what would a mother have in her bag if she had kids that she needed to take care of kind of thing where, um, I guess in the sense more like what would I need to take care of myself as an elderly person, you know, mm-hmm. like I just got 
sunscreen and bugs. You're going to make that sunscreen happen. I'm going to make the bug spray <laughs> and the sunscreen happen. Somehow they're going to come in handy at some point. I'm terrified for how that bug spray fits in, though. <laughs> I kind of wish I was a druid so I could be like, poison spray! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of like in one of the more recent episodes, um, Robin does not have a pen and notepad or a notebook of any kind in her purse, but she has post-it notes. So we used the post-it notes to yeah. solve the puzzle. <laughs> so... Yeah. So, you know, she's got her Polaroid camera and there's a little sewing kit and granola bars. She has a spoon. Yep. Nothing to go with the spoon, but you never know when you need a spoon. It's there. I mean, you can't fit a shovel in there. So you, the spoon is, what is it but a miniature shovel? <laughs> but she did have her hand shovel because she That's has true. her, her little gardening equipment. What I am think. I saying? You have gardening yeah. tools. Yeah, I think. Um, Brand new gardening tools. She has these little uh, uh, seeds seeds to flowers that it was her it was her hope to uh, plant some seeds at every stop that they made so that she could leave her mark um so it hasn't happened yet because we haven't kind of finished this area yet but hopefully that that comes to be i don't um, think uh too many plants would thrive inside yeah inside a cave yeah let's see yeah once we're out of this we'll see yeah <laughs> yeah um, so I guess, okay, actually, I, I, before I even ask, I, I will, uh, just put this one forth as well. We, meaning the audience, but also meaning me, Sam Love, love watching your reactions, uh, <laughs> to the other players. We've talked a little bit about some bad ideas, but are there some other moments, uh, that your fellow players have done that just that really stick with you <laughs> um well silas getting on the train I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> um i think the biggest reactions i have uh come from watching feruza because she is so wonderful i love her character so much <laughs> so she funny choices with her I love how I love how well she embraces fear. Yes. And that's just it. Like like Alicia is very smart and she's playing this character beautifully where she's letting the stress of the situation and and the unknowingness of the situation really drive Feyruz's choices and a lot of times Feyruz's choices aren't the best. And I find them to be just how she just goes with the flow. Um, they just, of course, I, of course, me as Robin is just like, ah, oh my god! I <laughs> but, but it's so perfect for the story and for Feyruza as a character. Um, all the moments that she's had. Whenever I'm just watching her have a moment that Robin cannot interject for, and I just like let Feyruza make some decisions. This is just gold. It's just uh, gold. I'm just, just like, oh, hand oh. the baton. Yep. <laughs> hand the baton it. over to Alicia. She will do yeah. beautiful, yeah, beautiful exactly. things with it. Gold <laughs> without cyanide. Yes. <laughs> it was great seeing the two of you split together as oh, well. Wonderful. Oh, I loved having some time with Feyruza. I, I, I think that that was, you know, I, I definitely think that Robin wants more time with Maeve for sure. Cause I think that she hasn't connected with Maeve very much. Um, but she hadn't connected a lot with Feyruza either. So having that time to just be a Feyruza Robin team up. Ah, I loved every second of that. I think that they make a very fun team. <laughs> and this is why Dear chat, you should always, yes, always split the party. Look at the goal that we have gotten from this. Why would you not want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but as we're wrapping up, I do want to ask there, you mentioned how Elise is really smart. And so it gets to show through into Feruza. Uh, you have people like Adam who are delightfully charming and like, Silas can only be as charming as Adam, right? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but likewise, wisdom is a really hard thing to fake. Oh, yeah. 
Do you consider yourself wise IRL or are you just in denial? I think, oh, ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. You got me. Um, you know, I think a wise person wouldn't call themselves wise. A wise person would correctly assess themselves as brilliant and wise and lovely, but I suppose you know, humble might also be among your virtues. I will say that everyone has always throughout my life called me an old soul. And I think that helps when playing Robin. It certainly gives you the emotional space to hold 10 pages of temp jobs <laughs> and all of the beauty that comes with it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more from her and letting just my quotes of her one-liners grow. She's I love a wonderful character. And I'm, I don't know who it was whom we didn't get to see that draft character. But I'm Maybe so one glad day. we got Robin. Yeah, me too. It just, thank you. It was just right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you everyone for joining us. That'll about do it. Uh, don't forget to tune in here at Demiplane RPG next week for the continuation of Children of Erte. And thank you again so, so much for joining me. Hope. Oh, yes. Thank you. I appreciate you. So until next time, friends, we're going off the Erte. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Erte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.